Welcome to Shi'ar Jashub, brought to you by Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Today we will be continuing the message by Pastor Greg Scalzo from 1 Samuel chapter 4, when the defeated Israelites, led by the immoral priests Hophni and Phinehas, send for the Ark of the Covenant in the hope that it will give them victory over the Philistines. You cannot play a game with God. You cannot mock God. And bringing that ark out there to say, wow, now we got power, like rubbing a genie's bottle, doesn't work with the Lord God, who created the heavens and earth, who doesn't need a box overlaid with gold to do his will. No matter how big your Bible is, no matter how wonderful your cross is, no matter how many times you drag out the ark or you take out your Bible, if you're not his, if you don't belong to him, no matter how many times you say, Lord, Lord, he will answer, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers, you who practice lawlessness. Verse 4. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And that phrase, you'll recognize it from the time of Moses. Now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat. That was the top seat of the Ark that was on the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant, between the two cherubim. Remember they had fashioned two cherubim on the top of the Ark of the Covenant? From between the two cherubim, thus he spoke to him. Numbers chapter 7 and verse 89. So that was the location that God manifested his presence from above that mercy seat. So the people sent to Shiloh that they may Bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant. Well, when you have the Ark, you need priests, right? You need Levites and priests to bear it. Remember, in Jericho, they had the priests that went before the Ark sounded the trumpets. And look who we have here with the Ark of the Covenant, defiling the holy thing. These two libertines, ungodly, hypocrites who don't know God, and yet they play at being priests. They probably have all the garments on them to show that they're in the high priestly line. And they go out and probably are greeted by the applause of the people, welcoming them as they bring the Ark to bring victory to the people. And yet they're immoral. They've sinned greatly against the Lord, and the people could be impressed by this, but God is not impressed. Verse 5, And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. They're motivated by this. They're zealous. Now we can win. Now we can conquer the Philistines. There are some that speak about what can happen when you have faith. 
Last night, as I'm going around the channels and you see this one motivational teacher speaking about to an audience, they probably paid a lot of money to go in and hear this guy speak about how if they just think the right way, if they have the right positive thoughts, they can accomplish anything. And there is in our culture a faith in faith. In other words, just think it. If you think it and you believe hard enough, it'll be accomplished. And they quote scriptures, they quote things Jesus said to try to back it up. But it's a faith in faith. The power of positive thinking sometimes they'll say. It's a faith in just having faith. Motivation, being all charged up. Well, these Israelites are all charged up. They really believe they're going to win now. They're shouting so loudly that the earth is shaking. But it's not enough to have positive ideas. Because sometimes, you read the Bible, you read the book of Lamentations, it's not a positive idea. It's a statement of truth about the miserable condition of the human race. But it's true. It's not enough to just believe and all fates are good because we just believe. They'll have movies telling kids that it's good to believe in Santa Claus. Now, everyone knows there's no Santa Claus, but well, it's a good thing to believe. What's a lie? It's not wonderful to believe in lies. There's no benefit to believe in yourself so much because what does the Bible tell us? We all fall short of the glory of God. We are not, but he is that he is. That's the truth. And we can try to motivate ourselves, positive think, believe for the sake of just believing, and it'll do us no good in the end. Faith is only true faith when it's based on the truth of believing in God. Believing not in what we can do, believing in what he can do. And he has a will. Your will be done. And he is holy and his will is holy. And unless we line ourselves up with his will, unless we repent of our sins, unless we accept the fact that we're sinners and we need his help, we need his salvation, anything else we believe is not true. And it's just something to postpone. People can get some strength, some small victory from positive thinking. But it is not eternal. It is temporary and it falls apart. He is that he is. Faith in the Lord God will never fail. Faith in God lasts into eternity. We will be with him forever. That's the only type of faith we're supposed to have. A true, good faith in what he can do. Nothing is impossible with God. But with man it's impossible. And no matter how you try to positively think yourself out of things or have faith in some type of ritual or some type of mind game you play with yourself, it's not going to do any good. Only faith in the one true God and in his son, Jesus Christ, will save us, will give us the victory. So they're all, they're all pumped up. They're all motivated. They're all ready to go. We have the ark. And the ark did give them victory as a symbol when they were in the holiness of God. But their problem is not the power of God, that they have to amplify it somehow. I mean, Samson took the jawbone of the ass and he, he killed how many Philistines? He didn't need the ark. The ark was in Shiloh. 
The problem is sin. And they could feel as good or as whole or as pumped up or as positive as they want. Problem is still there. So they're shouting away. The earth is shaking. Verse 6. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? What are they all so... They just got defeated. 4,000 died. Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So they know about the ark. So the Philistines were, verse 7, afraid. Fear comes upon them. For they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. They know the old stories. They know what happened to the Moabites. They're way closer to it than we are here, right, in history. They're several hundred years away, but not that far away. They know the ruins that happened to the people that went up against Israel. They know what happened as they come across the Jordan. And they've never had to deal with the Ark of the Covenant before. They've just dealt with individuals or with the army of Israel. And they said, woe to us. Who, verse 8, who will deliver us? from the hand of these mighty gods. These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. So the pagans knew enough to fear the god or the gods. They don't know. In those days, they just saw them as deities that caused power, these pagans. They don't know what's going on. The Israelites should know. And they said, what are we going to do? Their, their deity or deities struck down the Egyptians, the mighty Egyptians. They know the old stories. Now what's going to happen? It's like the days of old again. Isn't it something that the Israelites resort to the ark only when it's too late? They've been defeated. They haven't turned back to God to look for the power of old against the Philistines to now. But now they bring it out and the old stories come to their mind and the old stories come to the mind of the Philistines. People are like that, right? When we're right at the point of problems or the problems are too much for us or our health is breaking down, that's the point that human beings start to cry out to God, seeking some type of religious thing. Hopefully they do it in truth. They don't do it with superstition. Looking for something. We have to come to the point of defeat to cry out and ask God's help. Well, they're all roused by this. The Philistines are overwhelmed by it, but they rally themselves. Be strong, verse 9, they say to themselves, and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. They admit that they have been making the Hebrews almost like slaves. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. So they rally themselves up. The great fear comes among them. But they bring themselves back. It's, it's not like, remember how Gideon with only a few men, under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, how he's able to rout the Midianites, how fear comes upon them, they start running all over the place and killing themselves. Doesn't happen here. Even with the ark out, they're able to rally themselves back. Verse 10, so the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers.
Also, verse 11, the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. God is not some cosmic credit card to be taken out when our bank accounts are empty and then put away and forgotten about when the need is gone. You can't just say, well, now I need them. Let's charge it to his account and then forget about him. He's not a force to be played with. He is that he is. And you cannot mock God. No sacred object was enough for them. No religious rite, no amount of positive thinking, no faith in faith, no motivational speaking, no priestly garments, no priest, Hophni and Phinehas leading the ark. None of it was enough. Because only true faith in the one true God, based on a true relationship, really being his people, not calling on his name like it was some type of charm or magic word to say, but really being his, knowing him, letting him take control of your life and be your God. Only true faith gives victory. God is holy. And he's not going to bless sin, no matter how many arcs you bring out, how many priests you put forward, no matter how many times you cross yourself, rub your Bible, touch your cross, say Lord, Lord, sing Christian songs. None of it's going to help if you don't know him. He is that he is, and he is holy. And he desires us to seek his face, to repent and be holy. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg Scalzo's sermon has been brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut.